let people know who you are yeah well here we go <laughs> <laughs> see you in an hour no okay yeah. here we go well my name is steve fister and um i i like i said i've been a professional musician pretty much all my life i think um i don't i've had i think one quote unquote real job <laughs> and we can get into that later and uh um i've been uh um is, is a side man. Um, I played with um, uh, Lita Ford, which is a, a very popular rock band in the 80s, uh, big MTV thing. And that was kind of cool to be in a big rock band in the 80s. Uh, that's the kind of stuff you hear about. Now everybody kind of remembers it as the good old days. Yeah. And it was really cool. It was, it was like um, I was lucky to be there and be on the biggest tours in the world and uh, um, big rock tours. And, and who else? Let's see. Um, Oh, I played with uh, Pat Travers' band. I played with uh, Stu Hamm. Um, many of my own recordings. And uh, let's see what else. There's just so yeah. <laughs> there's so much. I don't want to bore everybody. Oh, man. That, that's so you cool. Know? Yeah, no, I was reading um, uh, a little bit about, about you. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you also play with uh, Bon Jovi? We, yeah, we did. We played with Bon Jovi. Yeah. Oh, no, I forgot about Steppenwolf. I played with Steppenwolf for, yeah. for many years. Um, yeah. And uh, we did a huge, huge, huge Bon Jovi tour in Europe. Wow. And that was three months of uh, absolute madness, and it was great. <laughs> Talk about, um, you know, earn while you learn. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know, it was, see, that was some side man experiences that were, that were really great, but, and, and, I'm super grateful for the time I got to spend um, with with those guys, and, and uh, it was just massive fun. Lots of learning. It, it, one of the cool things about about um, being on that tour, we were in the support act, and we're playing to seventeen to twenty thousand people a night. And what they would do is, which is really nice, John Bon Jovi, super guy. Jeez, what a nice guy. Um, always would invite me up to play the encores with them. Yeah. So they do, you know, their whole show and whatever, you know, celebrities were, were, were in town, you know, not me at the time, but he never excluded me and we got to play and basically jam on, on, uh, on a tune that would be decided, a couple of tunes or so, you know, yeah. um, be, before we come out and, and get to interact and play with these guys. One night I got to play with Brian May in Elton John. Wow. And it was, it was really great stuff. And it was, it was really um, so fun not to be excluded because you're in the support band. So th there was a little respect there. And, I, man, I, I took that lesson with me, you know, uh, through, and I hopefully that I will continue, you know. Um, yeah. he, he was just really super. So that was a great opportunity. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, there's something, um, every time I, I listen to uh, Living on a Prayer, I don't know why, because obviously it's not, I mean, there's a ton of loud rock songs, but there's mm. something about that song that is like uniquely loud that I just, <laughs> I just, I don't know what it is, but like, especially when you get to that last like 
50 seconds of the song and it goes up the octave um um and it's just like okay wow i like did did you play like that song or it just i don't know what it is i think it's how they're mixed too when you listen to them on like apple music and spotify but Mm -hmm. they're also mixed louder as well so is the energy just just what's that energy like playing those songs man it's kind of what it really is is it's that emotional con you know contact it's it's what what is music regardless of the genre it's emotions and feelings and if you can translate that to a recording and touch people i mean it's it's uh you know there there was a lot of formulated songs then that were you know okay like you said the the modulation at the end whoa boy you know the the singer had to really tight you gotta really tighten your belt for that one because you have to you gotta strap in on that one and and but that raises the energy level, and and it's it's really nice to to, to hear that kind of stuff. I mean, music is supposed to touch us. It's we're supposed to connect with it emotionally, yeah. you know, and, and not just just viscerally, you know. So, it, yeah, that's one tune that that kind of did it, and and it was so cool that that you know, I got I got to actually play with them after playing the show that I was there. I mean, I was there with Lita, yeah. you know, and playing that, and 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 yet it was just. It was such a nice, nice connection and a nice way to spend, you know, yeah. um, uh, three, three and a half plus months. It was yeah. great. Oh, man, that's awesome. And so how, how uh, that's so interesting. I'm, I'm always, uh, especially guys who start um, very, very early in life going into the, the touring world of stuff, because I feel like um, I feel like that it requires so much discipline to just like stay just keep your, you know, just stay out of like shit, stay out of trouble, mm. just, you know, you, you, being able to still like do, do the job well, but still having a good time. Like how, how old were you when you started touring? I, well, originally, I'm, I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. Okay. So, you know, um, and I started playing like professionally, I guess, i.e. for money. Yeah. Um, in clubs and, and colleges and high schools and whatever when I was 12 years old. Wow. So... I had you know the long hair and the fake ID, and uh, they would either have to sneak me in the back door or do whatever. But there, there was the education, you know, yeah. um, learning how to deal with that sort of environment. But there was such a thriving club scene, night nightclub scene, um, in in Western New York, and of course, of course, <laughs> you know, the snow is legendary. It's cold, so you know you spend a lot of time indoors. And um, I was fortunate to have some really great teachers, yeah. you know, a couple of guys that really helped me on my, on my path. And um, a lot of the stuff that, that I, was, I was very fortunate to hook up with a couple of these guys, and uh, they really, really helped me. But after doing um, all the club stuff and pretty much all I could do in that part of the country at that time, I knew it was time to go where, quote, unquote, the, the business was. Mm. And whether it was, uh, you know, New York City was going to be way too cold. <laughs> I was done with the cold. Yeah. Um, I, I tried, I made inroads and to try to um, immigrate to the UK, um, which is virtually impossible, particularly for a 17-year-old kid. Yeah. So I thought, well, all right, if I'm going to start this and do it, I make sure that, you know, I've... I've you know, my gear is ready. My, I have as much experience as I can get. I'm going to have to come out... I'm going to come to Los Angeles and, uh, and kind of figure it out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So 
So I did, and um, I, I graduated high school a year early. I skipped a grade, nice. and uh, you know, I <laughs> sold my car, bought a van, never left home before. Wow. Put loaded the gear in, in, in the van and drove across the country, and wound up um, living in, uh, in 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 Van Nuys. Got an apartment. Wow. And proceeded to, uh, you know, get the hell beat out of me for the next year or two. But uh, <laughs> your skin gets tougher, you know, and you, you just have to learn how to, how to deal with it. And, of course, I would take any gig and, and any chance to be in the studio, any chance to play on anything, okay. regardless of, of, of the money, you know, writers, demos, anything, uh, just to gain some experience and, and, and kind of meet people. Because let's face it, well, you, as you know... It, People are your best resource, yeah. and the, the, the network thing. So that's how that whole thing started, and I came out here and, uh, you know, played clubs, played, um, and got a teaching job, too. I've always been um, a teacher. Yeah. And uh, I'm jumping around, but uh, no, I started at the, the <laughs> local music store in, in Buffalo yeah. um, when, I was, when I was 12 years old. I got a job teaching. And I had a, you know, a, a handful of students, and then I would actually get to, you know, like work behind the counter and, you know, close the store. Here's a 12-year-old kid with, with the alarm key, you know, at 9 o'clock at night, closing the store. <laughs> I mean, does that happen anymore? You know, yeah. it's like, like the kids, you know, we used to go out and play till it was dark. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and now it's like parents don't let their kids out of their sight. You know, yeah. it, it, it might have been a different world. I think it was. But I'm grateful for those opportunities, but, but I knew... Um, to take me where I wanted to be, I had to get out. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, so that's why I wound up here. And uh, <laughs> did any possible gig that I could. And I played clubs. I played clubs when I first moved out here, um, and, and commuted to Orange County uh, five, six nights a week, playing those, um, you know, four and a half hours. Oh, that that was a cakewalk. Sometimes we'd have to play till three in the morning. You know, wow. six six shows. This is like, you know, chop heavy rock and roll. You know, intense stuff. Yeah. And uh, that was learning. That was learning how to be in. You know, keep your endurance. But y you mentioned something here a second ago. How do you keep out of the crap? How yeah. do you stay out of the sewer? Well, to me, it was always it was always about craft. You know, and and if we were lucky enough and blessed enough you know, to have our hands work and have our heads somewhat screwed on that, because a lot of people don't, yeah. I mean, regardless <laughs> what kind of music you're playing. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm the most stable person, but it's, it's craft to me. It's always been craft. It's like, you know, show up on time, be in tune, know what you're going to play. Somebody asks you, um, um, you, you, learn these three songs. I learned five songs. Yeah. You know, so you can, you can, add to the situation and not be not be that guy that's late when the bus is leaving in the morning yeah because there's always one of them <laughs> <laughs> and i run my own band a certain way and i'm so fortunate to have the greatest most responsible guys and killer players but these are lessons you'll learn and i, I think it's more or less for me what not to do <laughs> you know as yeah. opposed to what to do and um and uh, that's what i do with my students and and um you know and well, a, a lot of people become, you know, popular musicians for the wrong reasons. Yeah. But, well, okay, whatever the reason be, it's it's not up to me to really to to judge anybody's thing. I just, as far as myself goes, mm. 
it was always about being trying to be good at something, bring something to the situation. Yeah. If I'm in, in a sideman situation, if I'm um, d doing my own thing, um, which I'm still fortunate to be able to do in Europe, um, you know, I would go a couple times a year <laughs> until this lockdown. Yeah. But um, you know, th there's a certain you know professionalism, but you know. You got to make your own fun. Yeah. You know, as long as you're, as long as you're responsible and, and, and you know, you don't, you don't show up wasted for a gig or do something <laughs> silly, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, people are, you know, you have to be responsible to those people that are paying, you know, to, to, to be entertained. Right. So right. if I'm, if I'm rolling, just jump in anytime. No, no, me. dude, I, 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 I love everything you're saying right now, man. And actually just something you, you just said a second ago, um, <laughs> Uh, that, that, I think that's like, that, that's something I've, I've always been very curious of in terms of like, I'm, I'm so impressed by anyone who made it into the world of, of rock and roll, just because the appeal, you know, eighties, nineties, 70, I mean, just the, the appeal of it. And like you said, for the right reasons, and then you, you know, you corrected yourself where you're like, you know what, whatever those reasons are, you know, it, what, what, what's to say what's right and wrong, but I'm sure the idea of being a rock star was just so appealing that to go into the, you know, go into the genre and try to make it um, because of all of like the pizzazz that surrounds yeah. being a rock star. I mean, how, how, I guess, you know, coming to LA, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get into the scene and, and get up there. I mean, how many guys, like, what would you say is like the ratio of guys that are really just, they really love the music, they're trying to do this, and then like guys that just, just wanted to be a rock star? You know, it, it seems like those people um, get weeded out pretty quick. Mm. Because I mean, as, as cliche as it sounds, you know, what, what is it, the lyric of the song? The glitter entices, then there's compromises. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, it, it's, it's like <laughs> when you're in and you go, oh, man, this is like talk about compromise, you know. So you, you have to, um, in a sideman situation, I mean, you have to well, well, look from, from, from that aspect. Obviously, you have to play. You have to play the stuff, but you have to look the part yeah. as well. I mean, uh, th this whole MTV thing, which is, what, 40 years old now. Man, am I dating myself. <laughs> but to be, you know, um, number one videos and number and the power of that stuff, I would get off the plane in Finland and, and, and there would be, you know, army of people that knew who I was. And I'm thinking, this is, this is crazy, yeah. you know? So... That was that was the social media of the day, you know, back then, and and it it was it was huge. Yeah. Um. And, and and if you had those people on your team, whatever team that you know, band, whatever organization you were working for, you know, you, you would get on the best tours, you would make more money. So that's kind of the brass ring. Yeah. you know, to, to grab for back then. But also I knew at that time, at the end of that time, right around, oh, the early 90s, that if I was going to continue on, um, the, the, right here in Southern California, um, I, I had invested pretty heavy in real estate at the time. Mm. You know, took my, you know, because he, here's the thing, what happens with a lot of musicians that maybe could, can, or, or a rock or a pop musician, somebody who has a you know a, a 
some degree of success or some, some cash flow. You know, say you may make a bunch of money yeah. and you buy a house. Let's just say $500,000, whatever. And so you, you say, okay, I can afford this and you get this. And then there's no more gigs, <laughs> you know? So, right. so now there, there's, there is the whole thing. I knew right then and there that if, if I didn't learn to, to interface with all kinds of musicians and make myself valuable and still have what I have to bring to the table, which is me, not just what everybody else was playing. You know, it's a little harder road to go down that, you know, to, to be noted for, for, for certain things. But that would be the way that I could sustain a career. Yeah. And that was my, my general idea. And, and don't get me wrong, it, it, it's, you got to like to hustle. Right. And um, I, I'm not a big fan these days anymore. But I, I, there was times in many, many years where, where you know, you, you take everything that comes. Because you can learn something from everything. You can make something positive. Um, nowadays, I'm a little bit more selective and, you know, <laughs> maybe a little slower, not too much, you know, <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm hanging in there. And, you know, some years are great. Some years are absolutely great and some years are absolute shit. Yeah. <laughs> so the headspace there, you, you, you have to really be able to maintain. Yeah. And, and really re reassess priorities and, and, all sorts of stuff. But anyway, that's what it, you know, a long story here at the end of it. I knew that I had to like get into the fusion scene, get into more of a jazz scene, mm -hmm. get into more, um, just more diverse sort of um, skill set that I was noted for. I, I was the big haired guy who could play on the big stage. Yeah. Well, if we all remember what happened in the 90s, boom, it was over. You could, you could snap your fingers, boom, and the whole scene changed. Yeah. So I was noted for being a, a guy that could, you know, <laughs> I'll tell you this Wolf story in a little while. It's really fun. I, basically, I, said I had to fly in overnight and play Mile High Stadium with no rehearsal. Wow. You know, so you're playing for, you know, um, 70,000 people on somebody else's gear. Boom, you come out there because their guitar player got thrown in jail. Um, <laughs> so you can see the moving parts here. Yeah. It gets, um, so you really have to pay attention to the craft, know your skill, and be nice. Yeah, yeah. Be nice. Just, just try to suss it out and be a good guy. And uh, <laughs> I know, did you get anything out of that? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. No, that, that's, I mean, you're, that's you're dropping point. so many gems here, dude. And, and I think, um, yeah, I think that the common... Uh, uh, like for, I mean, I'm a, I'm a musician myself, more in like the classical side of things, but like even awesome. I, I think have like a, a very, um, I guess Hollywood view of what the, you know, just the rock and roll scene is like. I mean, the, the, uh, the Motley Crue movie that came out a couple oh, yeah. years ago, I think that's what most people's perception of like a band and like how they make it. And it's like, and, and now, like, talking to guys, they seem like such a rare rarity to, like, party that much, be fucked up that much, mm. <laughs> and somehow just, like, walk into superstardom, you know? And, I, and I'm, I'm sure behind the scenes they, like, worked on their craft a lot more than, like, you know, the movie shows. But I think that's the, the what pe I think people think, like, rock stars just, like... I don't, they just somehow come up with the songs. They just somehow make it work. You know, can you, can you like, you show some light on like what it's actually like 
trying to become like being this uh not so well-known band and like the process of actually blowing up and getting big well the one thing it, the motley crew analogy is is um is that the bass player could write songs that was the thing um he had he had the songs whether we all like them or, or, or don't care for them or whatever um they were real motivated self-starters and that, and that doesn't guarantee you know success mm. but what it those guys were putting on their own shows they you know made these you know little cheesy flyers and were putting them everywhere and you know they they really really hustled and they they found financing and and, and they hooked up there was it was timing and a lot of things but you cannot dismiss you know they had songs that appealed to people and they had the right management that got them on the tours. Now, okay, th that's that's their success, and and they're really, I mean, still to this very day, it's like legendary. It's kind of like Keith Richards. Everybody says, well, how how can Keith Richards still still keep going? You know, yeah. and I think a lot of it is just it's sensationalism. I mean, you you can't be that successful and continue, you know, marching. You know, with in, unless you really have your shit a little bit more together than the way Hollywood would portray it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure there's 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 drama and there's lots of bumps in the road, but um, <laughs> you know, what's it, what it was like then was um, when when there was bands getting signed out of out of Los Angeles and it was the you know all the hair band stuff and there was a ton of money for for you know. Record, for record deals, for merchandising, for, for all sorts of stuff. Um, and everybody was, you know, a couple, couple of acts made it, you know, to where they were getting going a little bit. And it's still legendary. Now it's almost mythical. But it wasn't very easy back then, you know? Yeah. I, I, was, I was playing in club bands, and I decided that I, I, I don't even remember playing on the Sunset Strip. I wanted to leapfrog it all. This is what I did personally. Mm. I was playing clubs five nights a week. Let's make a living. Very, very meager, but I was making a living. And I decided one day, after saving and doing everything that I possibly could, that I was not going to play clubs anymore. All I was going to do was play with record acts. Uh -huh. Anybody who had a record deal, that was going to get me to a level of touring and exposure that I wanted to to carry on a career. Right. So I just plain old stopped and, and started you know, I started getting calls. I started to get some calls. Some drummer friends of mine would call me. Oh, can you play on this record? Can you do this? Can you do that? Next thing you know, you know, I'm auditioning, and 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 auditioning was a big thing back then yeah. to really research um, what the artist wanted. You know, like when I got the gig with Lita Ford, there was 83 guitar players. Wow, that's a lot of guys in a in a in a call. Yeah, but. I had people vouch for me. You know, you have to have a reference. You know, somebody will say, oh, well, you know, oh, you're looking for somebody. I'll call Steve. Yeah, you know. And then you come in and don't be an idiot and, and <laughs> learn the songs and play. Look right. It yeah. was part of it. It was a screen test, you yeah. know. It, it's, it doesn't matter how great of an actor you are. I mean, that, that was a big part of it. it. It wasn't just what was on the printed page, you know. So that's basically how I made the transition. Um, I just said one day, um, that was it. I, I was going to be a little more selective, but I was going to play strictly for national acts in one way or another. 
And as luck had it, you know, um, I, I, I got lucky. I got one. Yeah. <laughs> and that started the ball rolling. Yeah. You know, a little bit more. Yeah. What, what's, that, what's that story like, man? I guess of your, uh, I guess in terms of get, really getting into the touring scene and with these big bands, like what was that, uh, what was that first break for you like? The very first one was with um, the Iron Butterfly. Mm. Now, that was a band, a late 60s, 70s band. They had gone through various, you know, member changes and stuff, but they had a tour. And um, I, my cousin, who's a great drummer, still professional drummer, um, he called me up and he got, he got the job in this band. We had been doing the club scene together we've been playing you know in, in certain bands and, and commuting to orange county and back and he he got this job with the iron butterfly and the guitar player was one of the the original guys that wasn't really in the best of health mm. he calls me up he says um we've got a tour and do you want to come down and do you want to audition you got me an audition learned all the songs went down auditioned didn't care what the money was you know this was yeah. something Next thing you know, I wind up on a tour with the um, <laughs> 60s and 70s and references with um, Grand Funk Railroad, Savoy Brown, and Mountain. All my heroes is, is, is a child listening to all these records. Wow. I'm on, you know, we're, on a, we're on the bill with this tour going all over the country. And that was like, talk about, there, there's a learn while you were in. Because... Uh, I'm playing with a lot of my idols and, and um, every, every night to, um, you know, big places. You know, we're playing nice, nice theaters and, 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 um, and sheds and all sorts, of, all sorts of stuff. That's how it started. Yeah. That's basically how it started. So that, that kind of got me, you know, got me thrown in the deep end real quick. Yeah. Wow, man. You know? So that was fun. That was the first thing. But again, it was network, you know. Um, and then from then on in, it was, uh, you know, you, you, everybody was, there, there, there was a little network where you could just make phone calls and you, you could see this is pre-email, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, certain scenes you could hang out, you could go to jam nights, you could, you know, you meet people there, you know, you, you go play a little bit, you see who's, who, who, who's really happening and who isn't, yeah. who you want to work with, that kind of stuff. Because the whole business, when you really get down to it, it's 300 people, at least back then it was. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Musicians, business, and everything. It's only about 300 people. And it's, not, it's not a lot of people. Wow. So when you, when you really break it down, um, first of all, you got to have some commodity yourself, you know, that, that, that people want to hire, people want to trust, you know. And who knows, maybe, maybe the, the person that's hiring you could be a little eccentric, Okay, that's the politically correct way of saying it. They're a little nutty, but you have to learn their eccentricities and be able to flow. Yeah. And sometimes it can get a little crazy. However, it does make for some great stories. But uh, <laughs> so I'll bust a few of those out if you want. Yeah. You know. But that, that, that was essentially it. It was, um, you know, you had to, to me, it was always really, you had to play really good. Yeah. You wanted to be on the cutting edge of, of whatever the technique was. I mean, as far as guitar playing goes, uh, the guitar went through this, this metamorphosis, you know, from, from the 60s right up, well, geez, right up until now. There's some 
you know, ground that's being broken, and it's been broken. I mean, a lot of people, like everything, they're, they're going to retread a lot of stuff, you know, because what's old is new. Yeah. Um, but the instrument really went through a metamorphosis there. And, and it was always, to me, even to this very day, I find it very interesting. There's always something new. There's always something, something kind of hip, something cool that I can learn. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of keeps me in it, that I, that I still love playing guitar. Yeah. You yeah. know? That's so cool, man. And, and, you know, now just, just kind of thinking back and realizing like this, this word rock, it's so, it's a massive word because there's so much, there's so many like different vibes under that word in in the sense that like, like, um, I mean, if we're talking rock, I'm sure that it was a very different experience hanging out in the scene that like let's say Fleetwood Mac was more mm. a part of than like Kiss. And that like they're both rock, Definitely. but like very, very different vibes. And, and, and how, how, how much did you go, um, you know, because I know if you get very specific, there's like hair metal, there's heavy mm. metal, there's, you know, more of like that like country rock fusion feel. And how, how much did you dabble in between like the many genres of rock? Did you just have main ones that you stuck to? I tried to be, um, and still try to be, as versatile as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that really, really spoke to me, even, even as a kid, and you know, it's funny, a lot of musicians even, you know, it's, it's like your first love. You, you remember certain things that, that resonated with you. You may not have known what it was, but there were certain sounds, there were certain feelings, there were certain emotions that even as a child I remember, I, and, and they still um, resonate with me. But one thing that really always got me was more blues-based mm. guitar playing, you know. And I, I have tons of appreciation for, like, like you know, technical wizard guitar players like, like Yngwie Momstein and stuff. We, we, we toured with Yngwie for, for months, too. And him and I would play blues together because everybody was in catering, eating. Him and I would play. Yeah. It was a, a huge pleasure to me, you know, wow. uh, to be able to... to to do that, but a blues influence was something that um, I think pe- people can connect with. Even the bands from back then that had some sort of soulful, bluesy context, it's still listenable today. Yeah. It's, it's not, oh, well, I remember then I had a really bad haircut, or <laughs> you know what I mean? It brings, brings back the memory. The, the music kind of said, that's one thing that I, I always really enjoyed was some some a heavy blues influence because music for musicians isn't a great way to make a living yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. it, it, and not that we're pandering or catering to anything but i like people to be entertained when they come and see my show i i want them to even i, I don't want them to think about what was the technique what was the scale what was that you know um, i played with a lot of bands where there'd be a bunch of guys standing out there, their arms folded, you know, and, yeah. you know, like their girlfriends looking incredibly bored going, what the hell am I doing listening to this, this, this garbage? <laughs> and I thought, you know, pretentious, you know. There's a fine line there too because rock musicians can be very pretentious, you know. Yeah. Uh, so how do you appeal to people? You know, we're, we're entertainers. That's what we are in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more that goes into it, but you want people to be entertained. So to answer the question, I, I, 
there's a lot of different kinds of music that I appreciated, you know, um, slide guitar, um, you know, everything from Robert Johnson to, you know, early Eric Clapton to, to Jeff Beck, to me, who was the king of the hill this very day. God bless Jeff Beck. Um, when I was 14 years old, I got to see him in a, in a, in a trio in my hometown. Hmm. And I was 14, I'm never going to forget it because after that show, I came home and sat on the couch for two days. I go, oh my God, what did I just see? And um, right up until, what, four years ago, I saw him play at the Hollywood Bowl, and it, I, the same thing happened to me. So there's something that, you know, it, it, you walk away with this, this feeling that is just uh, some exquisite, well-performed, entertaining music. Yeah. That was just it. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I tried to go, um, and still do, I like to play really diverse Diverse styles, you know, yeah. um, and, and, and not so much the F word, the fusion word, but yeah, you know, we can all kind of find some common ground. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I try to be the rock guy that can interface with the different, different styles yeah. and, and, and kind of know the language enough to yeah. offer something. And, and, and somebody puts a chart in front of me and I, you know, and I stop playing. <laughs> no, that's not it. You got to learn your, you have to have your skills, yeah. you know. Your skill set. Yeah. Learn to read, learn to do all these stuff. That's not really popular in popular music because you don't really have to do it. Yeah. You know, you develop your ear, you do things, but it's but it's a skill that has helped me in studio sessions throughout the years and all different kinds of situations. Um, Got to have your skill set together. Got to have your shit together. Uh, it, a lot of rock musicians or, that are maybe looking at what, what they consider to be glamour, man, it's hard work. Yeah. You, you know, if you, if you want to sustain, or else you wind up working at Kinko's, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. But, you know, you're, you're, you, know you, you come off a big tour, you, you have to find something else to do. You have to keep, you know, keep the ball rolling. And that, that teaching was always um, a really great thing for me. I taught at, at Los Angeles College of Music for, you know, in between tours for a long time. And I wrote curriculum and... There is a great networking situation. Yeah. Um, and a lot of my students from, from back in the day, we're still in touch. Yeah. You know, it's really nice. It's a, it's a great feeling. So there's another long answer to, uh, <laughs> to a short question. No, man, it's, that, that, it's great, man. You're, you're giving like the full, full insight and like nuances to things. Obviously, you know, I and 99% of people are going to, you know, listening can't will never experience or, or understand. So I love the detailed, you know, responses. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's cool. Like, I, I think uh, for, for me, for some reason, um, of all like the rock personalities, uh, uh, as like, even as a kid, I, I was always just so, um, <laughs> something about Ozzy Osbourne, just always like, I, I resonated with so much just because like, his, his, you know, there's a lot of bands that have like this brand of like crazy, but his, right. like his, it was just always like another, <laughs> did, did you ever, I, I, I'm, I'm interested, did you ever come across, did you ever meet Ozzy? Did you like, ah, we, I got a, I got an Ozzy story. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. It was like, um, uh, oh, right around my lead of Ford time, Ozzy Osbourne was looking for a new guitar player. Now, everybody in Los Angeles or over the whole world wanted to audition for this band. 
myself included. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying everything. I mean, I sent my, my package in, you know, and um, I, since then, uh, the bass player and drummer, you know, we're, we're friends. We play together from, from that era. You know, I, I know all the guys. And, and everybody was getting an audition, cattle call audition, but I wasn't getting a call. And I could not figure out why. <laughs> so a couple of months later, a month or so later, I get a, I've been working um, playing demos for um, a producer at Jet Records, which was an affiliate of CBS. Mm. And he um, said, well, Lita Ford's looking for a guitar player, and Sharon Osbourne is the manager, Ozzy's wow. wife. Wow. Right, Sharon. Yeah, Sharon, <laughs> you know. And uh, then another guitar player friend of mine was rehearsing down the hall from Lita. This is how this whole thing works out, you know, saying she's going, she comes out in the hallway, they see each other, and, and, and she says, I can't find a guitar player. I can't find anybody I like. And my buddy says, uh, call Steve. Did you call Steve? Oh, okay, okay. So there was two recommendations that came down thing, and I still had to audition, you know, with a group full of, uh, of guys, right? It, it looked like, like in a movie, the waiting room uh, for the expected fathers. They're all, you know, walking back and forth. They're all nervous. And I'm auditioning is a science, particularly for a rock band, right? Okay. So I'm standing there, and I got my poker face on, you know. I'm, I'm ready to go. I knew the extra tunes. I knew what was going on. Go into audition. Who's sitting there? Ozzy. Wow. Ozzy Osbourne is at the audition, sitting two feet away from me. I wow. go plug in. I, I've been trying to get an audition for his band. <laughs> Meanwhile, what was I maneuvered over? Because um, what I heard in, in that, that Sharon Osborne said, um, well, we won't be auditioning this fellow. We'll, you know, for some reason. But next thing you know, I wind up in, in, in Lita's band. So... <laughs> I, I audition. I'm playing. It's going. It's, it went well. We played a couple of songs, a couple of three songs, and I had been playing with another. Um, I've been playing with uh, Michael DeBars, a, was a rock singer at the time, had a big rock pedigree and stuff. And I had been playing with Michael, and he knew Ozzy. So I'm sitting. Next thing you know, everybody leaves the room. I'm sitting there with Ozzy. <laughs> you know, they go out into the parking lot to talk about me, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, am I going to get this job? I'm sitting, next to, I'm sitting next to the Prince of Darkness, who happens to be one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. Wow. Super nice. We're talking about, you know, uh, Michael DeBars. We're talking about, you know, you name it, soccer. <laughs> um, 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 how dreary it is in Belgium. I mean, you know, all, all sorts of bullshit that you, you know. And <laughs> so there you go. There, there, there it is. And, and, Anyway, I wound up in the band, and then we wound up at the end of one of the tours uh, back to their house. Sharon had a, a huge reception for the record company, everybody in the touring thing, and, and um, at Ozzy's house. And it was, it was a really nice, nice get-together, and super nice. He is the nicest guy, super gentle, really nice, and funny as hell. <laughs> so that, you know... Yeah. There's my Aussie story. Wow. He's yeah. a nice guy. And uh, Sharon is, uh, that's the kind of person that, that, that you want, um, you know, if you're fortunate to have a power broker like that, um, manage your career. Um, 
nothing but respect for the way she handled, um, you know, the careers that she helped guide. I mean, it, we, we like to think it's all about just, um, oh, I'm going to make a great record. I'm, you know, I've got a great stage show. I'm going to get everything else, you know. Well, yeah, that's, that's important. But you need somebody manning the business to go to that level. Yeah. Um, and, and, and she did it. And that was another way of, you know, learning while, while, while you earn. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, there I was. I couldn't, I just, I wonder why, you know, I couldn't get an audition. Next thing you know, I wind up in the same, in a band that was managed by them. You know, was it any, who knows? Yeah. But it, but it worked out and um, that kind of launched me and got me going. Yeah. So that, I'm very grateful for that. Wow, man. Dude, <laughs> that's so cool. And, and even just thinking about someone like Ozzy and then like you think about the, the, the Beatles and like their, um, you know, they're, they're, they're really not that far apart in that, like, if, if I think if someone saw a picture of the Beatles, saw a picture of Ozzy, they would think that, like, there's a hundred year gap <laughs> between the evolution of, like, these bowl cut small dudes in, in suits and then, like, this guy with, like, dragon art blood dripping from ceilings and stuff like that you you would think like there's like 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 something massive had to happen and and i guess i say all that just because like what what was it like like can can you kind of explain like what what the demand that created that progression from like that vibe that like clean cut vibe just out of nowhere like just craziness like what happened wow you know it's, it's, um, that's a really good question. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like the evolution of, of everything. Like when does something, when does something hit a wall? Yeah. You know, like one of my favorite, probably favorite band of all time has got to be the Beatles, you know, um, with the career that they had in the short, uh, you know, the output and the quality that they had for that short span of time is just amazing yeah. it's, it's it's really really great it, it how it goes from i guess it's trends right it's how much excess how much thing you know it's like you know a lot of people celebrate the excess yeah not success excess yeah and um you we all know what goes up must come down yeah <laughs> there's a law of the universe so I, I just think certain genres just hit a wall and they have to reinvent and eventually, you know, again, what's, what's old becomes new. It just gets reprocessed and, and things like that, which kind of brings us kind of to, to modern day. You know, how, how do young people get their voice out? How, how do they do that? Because the way the business is structured now, how do you make a living enough to, to make the next record or to, um, you know, get that new piece of gear or, or to better yet, learn how to play, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, it, it, it's, it's a different world. It's a different world. And, and, and I think this whole even pandemic experience has been, you know, a little bit of reinvention, at least for myself. I, I, I had to learn how to teach online yeah. and I had to really make sure that my guitar sound sounded good. <laughs> you know, that everybody could hear it here. And then, you know, because you can't leave the house, yeah. you know, and, 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 uh, so I, I'm glad, you know, it's just like when the going got tough, we had to get going, yeah. you know, and, 
how did you hold up during this whole thing? How have you been? Oh, you know, yeah. What's been yeah. going on? With so uh, luckily, you know, um, I, I, I don't only play, I, I don't just play as well like yourself. I, I teach. Mm, and um, right. yeah, I guess obviously it was, a, it was a healthy mix of the two pre-pandemic and then just lucky enough to just double down on teaching, make up for, you know, that income and just, I mean, also just like, it's a, it's just a blessing to just like have something to do other than like binge Netflix and like, just like, you know, watch the news all day. And, um, which is cool because I, I don't know if you share this as well, but, um, I don't, I think teachers had a, a unique perspective in terms of like interacting with kids during this mm -hmm. pandemic and seeing like how it was in a way like you could you could see how like psychologically like kids mm. did not really know how to deal with this not not like like yeah. it was it was a lot just just like you know maybe you had kids that like were usually just very like extroverted and high energy and then you just kind of see them like yeah. just very reserved because they're just not sure what's what's going on and and I anyway I just got so much perspective from dealing with kids during the pandemic yeah. I was like man right. I cannot imagine being like 10 and going through this you know like yeah that would be that would be really really rough yeah um any of of my dealings with young kids you know I obviously got, got to keep it absolutely as positive as possible but yeah. you know I mean there's something new to learn every day you know yellow navigating our, our 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 social strata you know uh, it's like you know you don't dare say you know who you voted for yeah. if you're out entertaining people i mean it, it's like you know you're liable to, it, you know society has changed things have changed and we have to adapt and you know it, it, we're supposed to be um my function is basically okay if i'm teaching somebody you know Let's hope that they do their due diligence and, and do their lesson. And if something happened where they didn't, then we find another way in. Yeah. Find another way in. Here's something else that would hopefully motivate you, you know, and, and, and lift them up a little bit. Like I say, rather than just binging, you know, Netflix or, or getting depressed watching the news all day. Yeah. Which I do <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I like to be informed, but I, I try to cut it off at a certain point because I just don't want it to really, really mess my head up yeah. for for you know for for going out into the world again and um so yeah it, it, i think teaching is is it's been a really it's been really good yeah and you know i kind of had to find a way because now with the internet okay you talk about a double-edged sword i mean it's anything that we want to know about we can find out about anything it's all there including how to play instruments um, um, how, to, how to hook up your Zoom meeting, how to, you know, if you take the time to, to, to learn it. But what is, a lot of people do not learn properly off a computer. Right. So, so there has to be, you know, so what I personally do is I try to assess people's, you know, uh, strong points and their weak points. And I put together a custom-made program for them to try to keep them motivated because not everything is on the printed page in the book. Say, so, okay, we're going to do this page today. We're going to do this page today. Not only is that not entertaining after a while, depending on the student, okay, everybody's unique. You've got to find out how to get in there, you know. So it's always a bit of a juggling thing, but I, but I found a bit of a niche for that. If you can assess where somebody's at, you know, 
hopefully and get close yeah. and keep them motivated and, and interested, then, um, then they're happy and then you're happy. You, you, get, you get done with the session and you go, oh, that was cool. Yeah. You know, I, I, I accomplished something here. Yeah. So, yeah, it, teaching has been, particularly during these times, you know, you know really change it around, yeah. you know, and, and, and you know, send the material and make sure people can play their iPhone over the Zoom yeah. with, the, with the special connection. And you know how it is. Well, you know, you're a tuba player. You know how yeah. hard it is. Um, and then looking at their hands and trying to figure out, okay, what can we do to improve this technique a little bit and all sorts of stuff. It's, it's really interesting. And it, it, maybe it's not a vast student pool, but there's a lot of people, like I said, it is don't, they don't learn properly from the computer. It seems so impersonal. Yeah. M music is a personal thing. Yeah. Music is a vibe. How are you going to, how are you going to vibe somebody? You know, yeah. if there's okay, <laughs> and it's great. I I learn I learn tons. Anything that I want to know, I can find some you know amazing guitar player to show me. But if I don't get it in five ten minutes and they're prattling on like I am right now, I'm out. <laughs> you know, yeah. so there's certain things that you do, and and that's just you know being a good judge of character and and trying to figure out how to get in there. Yeah. You know. And, and, so yeah, it, it, it's been a good thing because, and I, I'm really thankful that I could do it. Yeah, you know, keep the lights on. Yeah, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, I hear that. Um, man, that's just really cool. And I, I know I kind of jump in here, but I, I just you know remembering that you you mentioned that you have your own band. Um, I guess uh, what? How did that? I mean, obviously, so you went from playing with all these bands and all that, and and I guess when when did uh, when when was that like a a point where I guess you made a decision like, all right, let me just, let me start my own thing. Well, first of all, I had to have something to say. Yeah. You know, that, that was like, like paramount because the songs were, you know, regardless anybody back then it was a lot harder to make a record, mm. but, um, I wound up getting a production deal. Um, and I wanted to hire the best guys that I possibly could. And I, I started making a record and I, and I got, um, um, deal offers. Well, I've had like four or five record deals, and I, I think you'll over the years. Um, one, the, the starting off was going to be with Atlantic Records, which I thought, okay, it's going to be great. This is major label money. I could do this. Um, boom. Record never came out. Wow. Remade the record. Um, anyway, <laughs> let, let, let me fast forward to um, when I finally thought, well, okay. Touring in the U.S. is really, really going to be difficult, particularly from the West Coast. How am I going to get to the people? How am I going to make this happen? And a lot of my friends were having some success in Europe. Closer together, you know, they like, in a lot of the countries in Europe, they like what we do here. They like, the, you know, the blues inflections, uh, the whole thing. So I set my sights on a, on a particular record label um, in Europe. And yeah, I did get a deal with them, made my first record uh, for them, which wound up being, I think it was my fourth record that I had made. Um, you know, I'd had three releases prior to that. And I got a deal with this European company, which I knew would get me over there. And I knew if I could get there and start playing, you know, I could perhaps have, you know, my own career. Yeah. So this was the start of all this. And, um, there's a, um, um, 
a dear friend of mine who's a, a pretty top-of-the-heap blues rock guitar player, Walter Trout. Walter took me on tour, um, and I'm never going to forget it. He said, um, been, was really, really helpful to me. You'll, you'll find people, you know, uh, the good people that will actually help you, you know. And Walter said to me, he goes, Steve, I'll, I'll give you anything except pay you. Whatever you need. You can have all the stage room. You can have whatever you want. You know, here, here's the audience. You go prove it. Yeah. And um, that's, that's when my European adventures, adventure started. And um, I got a, uh, a nice agency over there. Um, primarily um, Germany, Germany, Belgium, um, Austria, um, um, Czech Republic, Poland, um, Denmark, a lot of those countries, you know, um, I, I go there a lot, and the people are very appreciative, and they come year after year. Yeah. Next time, maybe they'll bring the kids. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a kind of thing. I mean, they're, they're full-boat rock and roll shows, but they have a real love for, for what it is that we do. So that's how, you know, I basically started my whole trio concept, and I, I play in a trio uh, most of the time. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really was, was, was the start of it all. And um, I had a record over there that got to number two. And that got me on bigger and better tours. We did a Joe Satriani tour, um, which made my audience, uh, audience bigger. Yeah. And we played uh, a lot of festivals, a lot of stuff. And um, right up until we were going to go right pandemic again, you know, we're going to do that run. Boom. Uh. Sorry. No good. <laughs> and that's why, I mean... Even now, I don't know when, when this will come out, but it's like the vaccination is way down over there. People want to get vaccinated. But I'm in touch with the agents all the time. I'm accepting dates for next year, November. Yeah. So and it, it was probably a really good call because to put everything off, all that extra time, I mean, it's almost insurmountable in the music business because you, you think, you know, it's pop culture. It changes. Boom, boom, boom. You know... But with this mess that we're all in here, the whole world's in it. It's yeah. not just us. People don't get vaccinated. We don't go back to work. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what it is. In, so I'm in touch with a lot of people in Europe. And I have a lot of students, you know, um, Zoom students that'll, that, are, that are from over there. And I can get a little bit more, you know, eyes on the ground, what's really happening over there yeah. by, by communicating with them. So th that was my thing. I decided that, well, okay, this is a good place to find an audience. And it, it's unique enough that, you know, maybe um, people in those countries would, in, would embrace me. So I, I kind of found a home there and, and, you know, we hope to go back. Um, well, we got dates. I got contracts. We'll see what happens, <laughs> yeah. you know. Soon as everything, you know, in probably, geez, I hate to say it. It's like a year and a half from now. Yeah. It's a long time. Wow. So, but at least things will be safe, will be opened up, and uh, we can play, you know, play some rock and roll, entertain the folks. Yeah, man. Yeah. But that's how it started. And, and, and I always wanted to play with, with the absolute best guys I could, the best guys I could afford. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I'm really grateful for is that I've had some incredible musicians come through the band, and... Um, they certainly, it wasn't a money issue. You know what yeah. I mean? They did, there wasn't, there's not a big budget. But they did it because they liked the music. Okay. And maybe, hopefully, liked the way things were run. So there's none of that bullshit. I mean, yeah, we all have 
there's all logistical things. We all have to deal with it. That's life. But I've been very fortunate to play with some play with a lot of my idols and have them, you know, come through the band. And with that being said, I, I've had the same guys for oh maybe ten years now. Yeah. And and you know we know how to get through airports. We know how to get through <laughs> customs. We know how to we know how to do this stuff. And nobody grouses and nobody's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So that makes that puts the emphasis on the music, yeah. which is the idea. So, yeah, I'm 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 very grateful that that I can have uh, a, a crew of people that you know we love and respect each other. Yeah, and that's important, particularly in this world during these times. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, any any chance you know the uh, blues harmonica player um, Adam Gasau? Is he is he is he a European guy? No, no, he's not. He's an American he's guy. Um, huh. He's uh, also a professor at uh, wow. University of Mississippi. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just I just uh, had him. I was I was just curious. I had him on the the podcast uh, like a week ago. That episode's not out yet, but um, oh, cool. yeah, no, we we talked uh, at length like about because um, all the all the blues performances and shows I've gone to, I've always taken note of just like how. Um, warm the blues community always felt just like when yeah. I went there, like the, the, and like the best, just like the best kind of people like that are, are, are fans of that. And that like, it's rare to like go to a blues concert and for it, like to run into like, you know, like rowdy, inconsiderate people. It was just every, every blues show I've gone to, like people just love it. They have this real appreciation for it. Um, Man, I, it's it's cool, but I guess like I guess do you do you do you also feel that I guess like playing like this like hard rock and roll show and then playing these blues shows like do you also like feel a difference just from like the, the crowd perspective? I, I do, and, and as far as playing you know strict blues, you know to to me I love the influence. Mm-hmm. Um, I I always call it a rock band. You know, I say, well, are you are you a blues player? Well, yeah, but. I, I try to deliver it with, with a, a little bit more of, you know, my edge and, and my, you know, keeping things really musical, really dynamic, really bring the people in. Um, it, it's positive, you know, I try to keep it uplifting and, you know, a really feel good, high energy vibe, not a high energy negative vibe, yeah. something, that, something that people can grab onto. Um, when we did the first, oh, we did... I remember one one year we did with Walter Walter Trout, who's wonderful. You you, you got to check him out. Yeah. Um, we were playing. Um, we did thirty eight dates, no days off, different city every night. Um, talking about in the snow in Poland, and you know what I mean. But yeah. we were out there just kicking ass every night, and and. Walter's show was a little bit more blues-based, and mine was just, you know, it kind of ran the gamut, you know, from some, you know, crazy instrumentals to moody ballads to some slide guitar, you know. You know, there's always a a portion of the show where we would, you know, play a couple almost acoustic-y sort of songs and then take it out for a real high-energy ending. And I always wanted to do that kind of a diverse show, mm. you know, and, and I, I think that brings more people in, you know, to me, it always did anyway. It wasn't, wasn't like, okay, I've, let's play 12 bars. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's shuffle. Da, 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 you know, 
it's great. But I always want to put my own little sort of twist on it, you know, yeah. because I wanted, if I couldn't add on to it, if I couldn't do kind of my thing to it, I just felt it was being regurgitated too much, right. you know? And, unless you get a real distinct personality, like somebody like, like, like Walter, who, who could reinvent what we kind of know. That, to me, is the real deal, yeah. you know? So I was really, really fortunate that, that he helped me out so much, you know, getting me started. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, there, there's, there's always business problems, and there's always, sorts of, there's always managers that, 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 are, that are, you know. If you're lucky enough to find that manager, that person that really has your back, um, then, then consider yourself very, very lucky. I, um, you know, I always had to, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the art and commerce don't mix, and it's a unique personality or, or set of skills when you can get both of those on the same page. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a balancing act that, that, uh, cause you know, the old thing, you know, musicians don't want to, we want to play. We don't want to deal with the, you know, the minutia. Yeah. Um, but you have to, and particularly nowadays, because we don't have that big money record company thing anymore. There's n it's not there anymore. Yeah. I mean, you know, my Spotify earnings or, you know, if I got paid per download like I used to be, you know, I, I could pay for everything. But when you're getting one third of a penny yeah. per stream, Jesus. How, do, how do you afford to make the new record? How do you afford to do that? Hence, the quality takes a shit, you know, because you've got to keep feeding the beast, right? I don't want to do that. I don't want to put out, you know, substandard music because I have to keep feeding it. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's every day it really is a winding road. You have to really kind of, you know, I'm a big list writer, you know, here, look at it. List. <laughs> if I got to keep my shit straight yeah. because, you know, whatever I need to accomplish the next day, I still have to do it. I, I don't know, it's that work ethic, you know. I, I, I'm glad I have it and I'm glad I just don't say, oh, fuck it, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> you know, forget it. Let's wait, till, let's wait till we can go back out again. And then, you know, you gain 50 pounds and you go out to play and you look like hell and you don't give a shit. Yeah. Guess what? People, people can pick up on that. When you're playing vibe-oriented music, you've got to entertain people. People want to see something. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a costume guy, but I, I believe when people pay to see you, they want to see something they don't see every day. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be a freak about it, but you just... Give them something. Yeah. Give them something. That's, that's the exchange. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, um, things have gotten so corporate, particularly during this lockdown, that and, and young rock musicians having to pay to play everywhere. How are we going to develop the craft if, if, if you're paying it's not the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. It's not the way it's supposed to work. Now, grousing about it isn't, isn't going to really help, but we have to find other ways around it. And I, I, I consider myself very grateful and fortunate that I still have an audience over there. I can go and tour successfully and, um, and have as much fun as we can, you know, in the meantime, you know, while we're there, you know, looking at different cultures, hanging out, seeing old friends. I mean, it's a blessing. Yeah. So, yeah, it, 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 it's a winding road, you know, and we've got to really constantly reassess and, and, and you know, figure out what the next move's going to be, even if nobody else knows what the next move is going to be. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> we just got to keep going. During this time, um, 
I have a new record in the can, you know, yeah. what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to probably going to have to wait until, you know, uh, the dates become a little bit closer and then we'll do that. And I wanted to tell you, um, working on this really interesting project with Dr. Jim Self. All right, yeah. Jim, um, myself, we wrote this tune, and it's so cool. Talk about, you know, I, I'm trying to talk him into to calling it Worlds Collide, right. <laughs> you know, this piece. <laughs> and I brought my drummer in, Sandro Feliciano, Brazilian cat, amazing. Um, and, and we cut this track a week ago, and we're working on it. And uh, there's talk about, you know, being open-minded. I mean, that's where, you know, where people will tend to close their minds these days. Mm. You got Jim, who wants to know about this rock thing. And it's not a hard rock song. It's a nice little melodic piece that goes all over the place. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, that is the coolest thing ever. Talk yeah. about opening minds and, and, and doing that. And, and I love the fact that, that I can attract that. I, I feel very grateful that, that I get to work with somebody like Jim. Yeah, he's awesome, Jesus. man. And I was, I was actually telling him, like, um, I had an uh, opportunity when I was, uh, while I was living in Baltimore um, playing with uh, a couple rock bands on tuba. And, cool. Um, yeah, no, which, which, like, it was one of those things where I learned so much about how, like, you can kind of limit yourself and and how people can see a potential and you know that like you can and that like the only reason why I really ended up doing it is because the the one the band leader one of those guys was just like man like I think it would work and like I'm, I'm telling you, man just like come mm -hmm. you know come to the studio with us one day and just try it out and it's you know it, it ended up just being so much fun playing live with these guys and it's just cool that like that I learned something in that and that like he saw that potential in like this instrument and like right. like like you know for some reason I I didn't have that perspective on like this instrument that I play all day every day that this person did and I was like man like I should I should it, it just taught me more like or, or taught me to think like just more outside of, of the box. And, uh, you know, you never know like who you can make music with, like what sounds yes. might work. And, um, yeah, no, it, it's, it's cool. And it's, it's definitely a treat, uh, as a, as a tuba player to, um, you know, I don't think, I don't, I mean, we don't play in front of audiences with that kind of energy that often, unless, you know, we're doing like some type of like, like a, like a new Orleans type thing, but mm -hmm. nothing like playing at a rock show, man. I, that that was that was probably top five musical experiences like ever. And you see, and that's another thing about being locked down that those opportunities aren't here at the moment. Yeah, you know. But that's how things spread. Is if that, you know, if we get up off our asses and try different things and experiment, and maybe not be locked into a certain thing. That that's one thing. I mean, doing doing this project with Jim and you know he says he says Let, let's cut at your studio let's cut with the people that you want I want to see how this genre of music how, how will you guys do it you know it's fascinating to me yeah. that that you know he, he would be so open to this and it, it's a funny thing like I said we're, we're we're acquainted we live in the same neighborhood yeah 
Jim would come down and see my shows at the Baked Potato. At, uh -huh. at, you know, the thing. And, and <laughs> so I would like to think that the trio would, uh, would attract a lot of real diverse kind of people. We have, you know, classical people, you know, jazz, stone jazz people, you know, um, rock fans, and women. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you get the girls in, then the guys are going to come in. I mean, oh, yep. come on, you know, you just want to appeal to two things, you know. And, and I remember Jim telling me, he goes, man, we got to figure out something to do. We got to figure out something to do, Yeah, you know, to work on something. And I'm thinking, whoa, that, that, that's what a, what a cool concept, you know. Yeah. Talk about thinking outside the box. Yeah. But anyway, we did it. So it was, it was a couple of years in the making, but um, we're right in the middle of it right now. So, yeah. Wow. It's something to look forward to, you know, something creative to, to, to sink your teeth into a little bit. Yeah, man. Know, other than me thinking about, oh, I'm, 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 I've got all these new tunes and, you know, we're all masked up and we, we go in the studio separate and we're, we're cutting tunes. And I'm thinking to what end here? Tours keep getting postponed, you know. Do, do people really want my CDs? Do I feel, you know, and then I look at my Spotify statement and I go, what are you kidding me? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to be mad. It's what I do. Yeah. So we're going to continue to try to, you know, expand the audience and, and, and play the best, most dynamic, melodic rock and music we can, yeah. you know, and, 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 and sing and play in tune and do all the shit you're supposed to do. Yeah, man. Dude, that's, yeah. I, 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 um, I, I think you have one of the, the better, like, perspectives or not better is not the right word healthier perspectives on like the whole pandemic uh that like i've in terms of like people i've spoken to especially artists it's really 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 easy to get down on oh, yourself yeah. in the past two years and um yeah. like I, I can just hear like in just how you're speaking of it like that you're you you um of course we all had our rough patches but there there oh, yeah. is this like moment where you just like you just have to accept that there is something so beyond you that is going on that like, it's one of those like, um, it's like a character in a movie that like, you know, I, I love those like uh, moments where like someone is just so fucked that like all you can do is mm. laugh because yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like what else, if you beat yourself up in this or like you just don't accept like, like, it, it, it's it's uh, there's such a dark road you can go down when you just like if you just can't accept that like something is yeah. beyond you it is way out of your control and anyway I just I just I can just hear and how like you know you've just like reflected on this past couple of years for yourself that I'm, I'm sure you you had a moment where you just realized like damn like wherever the chips fall I I just got to keep riding this wave you know you know and and. That's where you where you feel so out of control because basically you have no control. Yeah, and and when you're when you're doing your own thing, you know, um, I like I said, I made the decision many many years ago to um, lead an artistic life, as opposed to um, a commercial, you know, to play music that I that I really didn't like or didn't have any you know emotional uh, calling to do, you know, just for that paycheck, and you know, we have to be responsible people. We have to, you know, we got to pay our bills. We have to, you know, we have, we have to be functioning members of society in one way or another. So there's always that line. There's always that line that, that do I do this because, boy, I really need to do this? Or do I do this because I like the people? Oh, yeah, that's cool, too. Yeah. 
Do I do this because um, maybe it'll lead to something else? Well, we're all divisive in our own sort of ways. But when you decide to lead, in, you know, an artist's life, yeah. you know, it, it, it's not for everybody. It really isn't for everybody. And, and I, I'd be totally full of shit if I didn't tell you I didn't get depressed. Because, yeah. but there's ways, there's things that we have to do. And that's what age and experience does, you know. We got to figure out how to get out of it. Okay, oh, I'm feeling like crap. What am I going to do here? This doesn't play. Ah, what am I going to got to know ourselves enough to know or have enough social network around you that, you know, when you're feeling really crappy, you got to figure out a way to, to, to suck it up and get going. Yeah. And, uh, you know, find different ways to get motivated. You know, it's, yeah, I, I, I really sympathize with younger people, you know, um, but then because the, where's the outlet for them? Where's yeah. the thing? They want to look at, look, look at like a, a Motley Crue movie and go, oh, that's the way it is? No, it's not the way it is. That, that's Hollywood. You know? yeah. That's really not the way it is. And that, that's why you know, when you always see the behind the music things, I, I always tune out halfway through you know, because I, I like when they're coming up. I don't want to see when they're coming yeah. down because I know that story. Yeah. You know, Because it's... it's it's physics. What goes up comes down, yep. you know, the, the laws of the universe. So I want to keep it on the upswing, you know, and, and watch those. I don't want to see somebody, you know, passed out with a needle in their arm. You know, <laughs> that's not for me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, yeah. dude, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a, yeah, it's been a hell of a um, past couple of years. I'm, I've been like, just going out as as much as possible lately. I think a lot of people um, that maybe um, you know, I, not not I, I didn't say I, I I said yes to most things before yeah. the pandemic, but I think I also had that like uh, mix where like you know it's like okay man you know next weekend we can do that next time we can do this next time and. Um, uh, lately, man, it's just like man, okay, there's a show this weekend. I'm just going to go. There's this going on. I'm going. And um, I just, it's, it's, uh, uh, you can't help but just feel more, uh, way more grateful um, for all this stuff that like we could not enjoy um, during the, the pandemic. And, and that actually, uh, actually, are you, are you doing any shows like locally? None. Okay. None. And, and um, the, there's part of the guilt thing, you know? Should should we be playing like um, where's my audience going to be in, in in the L.A. area and how many people, you know, because the due diligence is on us. Yeah. You know, if there's not asses in the seats, you know, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice and everybody is, you know. So I think the best thing that I could be. And yeah, I feel guilty about it. You know, I say, well, man, we should have some shows on the books. We should have something here in the meantime. Yeah. But um no, we're trying to be cautious and, and, and be as productive in other ways so that when it does become real, um, we can do it right. Yeah. You know, that's all I can say. Yeah. You know? Nice. Oh, that's my uh, roommate passing by in the background. Ben. Hey, man. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a violinist. Um, he actually just oh, came cool. off of a tour. Um, uh, yeah, ELO, Electric Light or Orchestra, they just did like a, a little tour. And yeah, he, he uh, subbed for their, their violin player. Um, yeah, they call him up when their violinist can't, can't make it. So 
he's uh he's very much in 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 the scene which is is so cool so cool to that like that's awesome i love that band oh uh, yeah yeah no they're they're awesome man and and again that kind of goes back to what we were saying about like all these kind of like little um uh the the many 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 subgenres of yeah. rock that like you know cuz they have this lane that's like unlike anything else as well and and you look know. at jeff lynn i mean that guy is so prolific and yeah. so cool yeah and talk about a beatle influence yeah you know what fun music to play yeah that's great yeah you know and they got an audience yeah yeah man um so. it's 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 crazy I, I i got into their their music um like heavily just i mean hearing him like practice all the parts <laughs> every day yeah, all day you know the songs <laughs> now yeah yeah, yeah, I could play those fucking violin parts <laughs> if, if they needed me to. But I know, I know. yeah, nah, man. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, before before we wrap up, uh, yeah. is there anything um, that like, uh, I guess maybe people should look out for any music that might be dropping in the future or any shows or anything you just, you know, maybe want to shout out? You know, um, my website is it's stevefister.com. Mm -hmm. And a lot of guys, I mean, that's home base for me, you know, I mean, yeah, there's social media and all the socials are on there, but that's the thing right there. If you go to the website and, and, and thank you for anybody that's made it this far yeah. <laughs> in our chat. Yeah. It's, um, it's awesome, man. I was looking forward to it and it's so cool to meet you and, and yeah. I, and I appreciate what you're doing. Oh, likewise, you know, man. thank you. And the, the diversity that you have, um, because, you know, part, part of, Part of even this and part of, uh, of being a professional is doing your homework, you know. So I, I was checking out your, your thing and listening to it, and I think it's great. Oh, man. I was flattered that you asked me. <laughs> wow. Honor's all mine, man. And uh, Thank you for, for coming on. Uh, yeah, you know, dude, I would, I would I, if I played guitar, man, I would 100% hire you to be my teacher just so I can tell people that, like, I have a teacher that I call Mr. Fister. I, that 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 <laughs> that alone. I'm sure you're like a great teacher, but it'd just be like, yeah, man, my teacher's name is Mr. Fister. Top Mr. That. Fister. That's the whole <laughs> That's cool. thing. And you know, it's a, it's a good thing too. It's like from from the site. Here we go with with, with the with the the self promotion. But it's yeah. there's the links to the teaching stuff, and I do a lot of sessions. I do a lot of remote sessions, and with you know, I have a studio here at the house, and you know. It, Thank goodness, you know, I have clients from all over the world, you know, put a solo on this. I just did something for um, a really cool band from Montreal. And it, 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 it's good stuff. So, yeah, the, the, the Internet's good. The Internet's bad. Yeah. But, you know, but we, we're, we're making it work because uh, we're going to carry on kicking ass. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I'll, <laughs> I'll like make sure to put uh, uh, your, your website in the episode description so people know exactly where to go um awesome but yeah dude thank you again so much for making the time to do this um people listening again like <laughs> like steve said you made it all the way to the end thank you and uh yeah this is a song called life and we are out peace nice man